Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Ah, yes. Welcome one. Welcome all to a Shenanigans Wednesday in the Valley. Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Bickley. To my left is Vince Murata. There is Jared Carlin. There is Sarah the Ruthless. Good morning, y'all. What's happening? Good use of y'all. Did y'all watch baseball last night? (laughs) Sure did. Sure Sure did. did. Yes. I, uh... Uh, there was a great sign, uh, and I, it, it used the word y'all. A fan was holding it up at the Astros game, and it was uh, Houston versus y'all. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. That I a, was I got a uh, kick out of that. That was the game, and that was the moment that kind of popped last night. There were four Oof. baseball games yesterday, but that was the moment. Robbie Ray giving up this monstrosity of a home run to Jordan Alvarez. It's still going, by the way. Hey, oh, you know my that? goodness. The thing was 116 miles per hour off. The bat is that all? That's all. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hollywood Round says that's not that fast. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, dang! Um, it's also being touted as the the most pivotal, influential, big moment in World Series history. Uh, for, and by that the I mean postseason. Play, yeah, by that I mean there was a 91% probability rate that the Mariners were going to win that game when that inning began. And even when Kirk Gibson came to the plate against Dennis Eckersley, the Dodgers had a better statistical chance than that. That can't possibly be true. It is. I just read it. Because, oh, really? 80, it, the, remember, the, do you remember the uh, Cardinals-Rangers I think it was World Series. That was down to the last strike. Last strike against David Freeze, and they rallied to tie it and then won an extra inning. So I don't know. That seems like a maybe in divisional round playoffs between Mariners and Astros. That was the most. Well, the win probability, was it at the beginning of that inning or was it during that at-bat? Because it's always shifting. Yeah. When Alvarez stepped to the plate in the ninth inning, Seattle's win probability was at 91%. Now, I don't know why that would be. Because you, uh, there were two men on base, but I'm just I'm telling you I'm, I'm reading the story here, and they've got the list of of other ones. Kirk Gibson, uh, the Dodgers had an 87 percent chance. Jimmy Rollins is double in. The NLCS game for 2009, 83%. Brett Phillips, 83%. Cookie Lava Ghetto! <laughs> Who in the heck is Cookie Lava Ghetto? Was that... Uh, That's 1947. Yeah. I, okay. Brooklyn Dodgers, correct? It, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't... Th- these numbers don't make any sense to me, but they're there. They, they exist. Well, this doesn't account for the uh, rally monkey factor. So, I don't know if that... Uh, and does that cancel out the rally shoe, which is now a thing? Uh, did you see that over the weekend? Is that a thing? When Seattle came back against Toronto, the Seattle fans were putting shoes on their head hmm. and then a hat over the shoe. And I'm thinking, these Seattle fans are out of their mind. It worked. They came back. Well, are we, are we bar- back and beat the Blue Jays. Are we burying the lead that Seattle has a player named Big Dumper? <laughs> <laughs> Is 
because I think that's really the, the, the takeaway from. Are the we burying the lead, Jarrett? Okay. Start the show, Jarrett. <laughs> the splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Cardinals will be back on the practice field today, meaning we will get our first look at the Week 6 injury report ahead of Sunday's game against the Seattle Seahawks at Lumen Field. Here's a teaser for you. It's going to be long. Uh, The team did make some roster moves on Tuesday. They released wide receiver Andre Bocelli from the active roster and offensive lineman Danny Isadora from the practice squad. Uh, Our own Gambo tweeted out yesterday that the Cardinals are signing running back Corey Clement to the practice squad. Arizona lost James Conner, Daryl Williams, Jonathan Ward. 60% of its running back room in Sunday's loss to the Eagles. Clement is 27, a former Wisconsin Badger, spent last season with the Cowboys. He was in camp with the Ravens this summer before being released in mid-August. Cardinals also reportedly signing running back Tyson Williams to the practice squad. He's a guy that bounced around to three different colleges, last at BYU, undrafted in 2020, played last year with the Ravens, running for 185 yards and a touchdown on 35 carries last season. I said it yesterday, and it's really shaping up to be this way. Yeah. The Eno Benjamin Keontae Ingram show on Sunday Uh, in Seattle. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Eno uh, take this role and see what he can do with it. I'm I'm looking forward to Keontae Ingram getting some carries. Hopefully these guys they sign won't have to see the field. Hopefully, but I mean... mean, You've got to have them for depth in case something happens to those guys. One of those guys at least has to be active. You you don't want to go in with two active running backs. No, you can't do that. You can't do that, especially after what happened last week. Right. Uh, Elsewhere in the NFL, Carolina quarterback Baker Mayfield expected to miss two to six weeks with a high ankle sprain, according to interim head coach Steve Wilkes. That sounds weird. Uh, Mayfield has been one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league this year. His first with the Panthers, completing only 54.9% of his passes for 960 two yards, four touchdowns, four picks, and a total QBR of 16.6, which currently ranks 32nd in the league. They're going with uh, P.J. Walker, the XFL star. Couldn't be worse. <laughs> Couldn't be worse than the guy that, that had the job. No, I, literally. I agree. Literally couldn't be worse There's than one, the last place guy in the I league. Did, I didn't mm-hmm. look up who was worse. I got to look that up. Who had the worst uh, worst QBR than there, uh, Baker Mayfield? There's, prob- there's probably literally running backs and wide receivers with better QBRs <laughs> who threw like one or two <laughs> passes in trick plays. Uh-huh. Probably right. Yeah. 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 Um, the Suns have their final preseason game tonight at Footprint Center. They host the Sacramento Kings. Suns are 1-2 and two in the preseason so far. Kings at 2-0. and oh. Tip-off is at 7. You can hear it uh, here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Some roster moves yesterday as well. The Suns waived guard Frank Jackson, and they signed guards Adonis Arms and Saban Lee. By the way, Adonis what Arms. What a name. That was, my, a name. that was my nickname in was high it? school when no, I was almost, lifted yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. I bet. <laughs> Uh, he played locally at Desert Desert Vista High Mesa Community College, finished his career last season at Texas Tech. Lee is also a Valley High School star, played at Corona del Sol, college ball at Vanderbilt, uh, last two seasons with Detroit, and he was actually part of that trade that sent Bogdanovich from Utah to Detroit, but Utah waved him over the weekend. So a couple new uh, names, and I wonder if those guys have a chance to stick with the difficulties they have at guard right now. We will find out. Draymond Green of the Golden State State Warriors 
will rejoin his team tomorrow, according to head coach Steve Kerr. Green has been away from his teammates since punching Jordan Poole in practice last Wednesday, and he voluntarily stepped away. Kerr said Green will not be suspended, but will be fined for his actions, and he should be available to play in Golden State's final preseason game on Friday against the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I'd say that's an, that's an interesting deal, man, when you think about it. Yeah, walking yeah. away voluntarily, uh-huh. no suspension. Uh-huh. Yeah, we don't know what the fine is. They'll uh-huh. keep that internal. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I would think with that kind of discipline, Jordan Poole would have to be okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what would, what would stop Jordan Poole from doing with the guy who got shoved by Devontae Adams? Filing a, a police report. You could roll in to the, you know... San Francisco Police Department say, "Hey, I got I, I got to file a complaint. Absolutely, I got hit in the face by a coworker today, which logically makes sense. It legally, it. Well, legally, it could make sense, but you know how? I mean, Jordan Poole would never be able to. I'm not saying it's right. right. He would never that's be able right. to shake that soft tag. That's right. That's well, exactly right. I'm not sure that he even could file that because he, he the exchange of true. words we didn't okay. see, but All he right. he was the first one okay. that, that did got physical. Then why is he not getting? Find. <laughs> you know, maybe he, he didn't get physical with it. Look, Draymond's mom said she, uh, he did yeah. nothing wrong. <laughs> you got to be ready to fight. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs got underway yesterday. Phillies held off a ninth inning rally from the Braves to win game one of their series 7 6 in Atlanta. Nick Castellanos, that'll be a home run and make it a 4 nothing game. Uh, he made a great catch in the ninth inning to preserve that lead. Game one in Houston was nuts. Jordan Alvarez capped a big comeback for the Astros by hitting a three-run walk-off home run off of Seattle's Robbie Ray for an 8-7 win. An absolute bedlam after that. The night games, eh, they had their moments, but didn't live up to the uh, day games. Yankees shut down Cleveland 4-1 to grab a series lead. Dodgers continued their mastery of the Padres with a 5-3 game one victory. Two games on tap for today. The American League's got the day off. The National League series continue. Philly and Atlanta get things started at 1-3. 35 Arizona time. Good pitching matchup. Zach Wheeler against Kyle Wright. Then game two of Padres Dodgers and a big time pitching matchup there. Hugh Darvish against Clayton Kershaw. That game gets underway at 537. And you can hear it on ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD2. There is your splash for October 12th. This shenanigans Wednesday. Uh, Coming up, Cardinals. They've got uh, personnel crunches at a couple of positions. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. I'm all three of those guys go down um, was tough. We're, we're going to see how it kind of shakes out the next couple of days uh, and go from there. But um, I'd never been in a situation where three of them in one game got hurt. And like I said, after the game, Eno did a great job. He was cramping up, continued to play, and, and made some plays late, which gave us a chance. It's Cliff Kingsbury a couple days ago following the uh, Cardinals' loss to Philadelphia on Sunday. It was weird. By the end of that game, Eno Benjamin was it at the running back position. Yeah. They had four guys dressed. Three of them went out with injuries, including Jonathan Ward. It looks like he's, uh, according to the reports, going to end up on injured reserve. That doesn't affect the offense. It affects the special teams. But not having Connor and Williams, your, your first running back. And, you know, I think Williams is like a, a, a 2A. If Eno Benjamin's 2, Williams is 2A. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury dealing with that. And uh, so they made some moves yesterday. 
Uh, Corey Clement, uh, or not official yet, it looks like it's coming. Corey Clement will be signed. Tyson Williams will be signed. So it'll be a different-looking running back core potentially on Sunday against the uh, Seahawks. And maybe even more uh, interestingly, there was a slew of Cardinals that or, uh, uh, players that the Cardinals brought in for tryouts, workouts uh-huh. yesterday, uh-huh. and none of them was a kicker. Wow. Does that surprise you at all? Yes. Yes, it really does. I I mean, because again, if if they get another bout of failure from this young man, uh, good luck trying to explain that. This fan base is already on the edge. And if, if if you do that and lose again like that, it's one of those... We saw it coming. Why didn't you deals? Mm-hmm. Unless Matt Prater's definitely coming back. That, yeah, well, you could read that yeah. as a sign of maybe right. good news that Prater's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Because the way they termed it, too, and, and I think there's a way of understating things verbally when you talk about injuries in the NFL, and especially in the injury report, when you see, uh, you know, the, the terminology they used was, oh, Prater was a little sore during that Carolina game, so he didn't finish it out. A little sore? <laughs> but then you miss next week. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it, it's obviously more serious than clearly, soreness. Yeah, clearly, right? That's right. Exactly. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, that's that's a dance with the devil right there. You got to be this team's got to be real careful about that because these conditions in Seattle. I don't know what what they're going to be. Um, it might be really nice. It might not be middle of, middle October Seattle. Roll the dice. Um, I think that uh, so. So this is it, it's that's something that obviously uh, you're going to be looking out for, and and the depth of the of the running back room, how it manifests itself. I'm really I'm really looking forward. I you you brought this up. I said this during the splash. I'm really looking forward to watching Eno Benjamin take this role and maybe do something with it because Eno's had a fascinating career here. I, he was so unbelievably good as a junior, and then he came. But am I getting this right? He he. he spent junior and senior season right because his um, last year at ASU was a real it was not a good year but he had nowhere to run all year long he had that, nowhere to you, run you are correct yeah yeah and the year before it was a revelation he was just trucking people left and right and then we we're all like well what happened to that guy well he, he's got nobody blocking for him yeah he dropped from 1600 yards as a sophomore to 10 uh 1083 as a, as a junior. There you go. And so now it, he, here's a guy who has obviously found something between last year and this year that has kind of given him this opportunity. Well, and even and I can't he, wait to see it. Even since he's been here, I mean he got drafted in the pandemic year and I remember everything was so devoid of football content during training camp. There was nothing. And I remember Wolf and Calvisi were do. They did play by play of the open practice. That's how little content there was. People yeah. were starving for it. Yeah. And you know Benjamin had a really nice run in in that game. And you're thinking, oh, maybe he'll carve out a role for himself. He did not carve out a role for himself. I don't. I, I, That's I, right. I don't even know if he got on the field as a rookie. Uh, last year he got some opportunities. There was the highlight run in San Francisco that that won him the angry run scepter from Good Morning That's Football. That's right. That's right. He did win that. Um, this year he was the most talked about player, and it wasn't like. People went fishing for compliments. No. Cliff Kingsbury has continually yep. just beat the drum for Eno Benjamin. Yeah. And what I like about Eno Benjamin, what I loved about him at ASU, and you mentioned that, that two-year span. As a, as a sophomore, he was unbelievable. And But even though um, you know there wasn't a lot of room to run in that junior year, it was a, it was a slog offensively. He was a workhorse. He took a ton of physical oh, he punishement. Did. He and did. he was always available. Yes. 
Yes. That's a great trait for a running exactly. back. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what that's what we saw last week. That's what carried him and that and that offense through that second half of the game. I mean, you know Benjamin not for nothing. He 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 helped give that team a chance to win at at a time when there was nobody behind him. And that's, you know, that that that's exciting. And you know Again, it was only preseason football, but every time Keontae Ingram carried the ball in yeah. the preseason, it looked like he belonged. It looked like it, it just looked like he was like the moment wasn't tripping him out. Well, yeah, I mean, let's face it, Keontae Ingram was good enough in the preseason and what they saw in practice and those preseason games for the Cardinals to say, "The hell with it, we're keeping five running backs." Yeah, because we, we like this That's guy. Right. That's right. We want to we want to keep him in the mix. So yeah, I agree. So I think this could uh, this I think this might actually be a, a positive for this football team because I think you're going to have to run the football, obviously. Yes. Let's, let's face it also, as great as James Conner is at finding the end zone, he hasn't shown much ability to be that much more dynamic this season, at least. Yeah. It feels like they he haven't used him much in the yeah. passing game. He's not broken any big runs or anything. Right. The thing about him is he never get he never gives you a negative play. He's always giving you three yards. He's always getting across the line of scrimmage and pushing the defense back a little bit. But you're right. The, the dynamic, huge play. The explosiveness. Yeah, not necessarily Maybe there. a little bit more a possibility yeah. with Eno and Keontae. Yeah. And so I so I'm I'm actually kind of excited about this. I think this actually might be something that works to their benefit. We'll find out. So it's a gigantic game, and and we're going to get into this on and off throughout the course of the morning. It's 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 really one of those uh, turning point kind of games in the season. If you can walk out of Seattle with another road victory, again, it's like getting to two and two. It's all good for all the garbage and all the hand wringing and all the screaming and all the criticism. You get to three and three, you've done your job. Yeah, it it would be. If that is accomplished on Sunday, it would almost be remarkable mm-hmm. with the way that we've talked about this team. I mean, yeah. we just went through another 60 minutes of football on Sunday where, yes, the Cardinals played better. They were more business-like than they've been, even though they fell behind 14 nothing. But another 60 minutes of football, Bick, where they did not have a lead. Yeah, that's a good point. They have not had the yeah. lead very often. No, they so haven't. When, when you consider that and then it, with the possibility of being 3-3 three and three after six mm-hmm. games with the challenges they've had, it uh-huh. would be remarkable. Yeah, it would be. Uh, the power rankings, uh, you know, the, the it's been a roller coaster. Their average power ranking in the 13 uh, that I look at, 20. They've gone from 15.9 to 20.5, 15.3, 20.2, 17.9 to 20. Uh-huh. It's just this They bounce constant, up and down, oh. yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a yo-yo football team. Loss, win, loss, win, uh-huh. loss, win. Yeah, and, and even in their victories and the games they've been in, it's nobody quite knows what to make of them. And, and whether or not this football team is, is going to be scrambling like this every week for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. or if the return of DeAndre Hopkins is going to click something into gear, Lord knows that offense and that head coach needs it. So, yeah, it's too bad it's not coming this week. Well, that's, but this might be, yeah. and we'll get into this as the week goes on and the show goes on today too. You know, we've we've touched on Seattle is really, really not a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've played in some shootouts. Geno Smith has been great, but that defense is very vulnerable. Yeah, this could potentially be it. it, it it's, it's another fork in the road. It could be a shot in the arm. Hey, this offense we got a little bit healthier. We got more productive against Seattle. And by the way, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Or 
if the Cardinals go to Seattle and struggle again and fall behind and can't move the ball early on that Seattle defense, it could act as as a as a real bummer for for those guys moving forward. Yeah, and it's that you're exactly right. And this it would be such a lift to be able to kind of welcome back D Hop with a three and three record. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then there's then you're then you're feeling like everything is good. If you're two and four, you're bringing it back. You feel that you're chasing now. And so this is it's going to be a fascinating scene against a Seahawks team that has been a lot better offensively than people thought and a lot worse defensively than people ever expected from Pete Carroll. It sounds weird to say. It does. Kind of about a I Seattle know, team, doesn't right? it? Right. You can text Let your thoughts. Let cook, Vinny. <laughs> Let him cook. Text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open right now at 620-620. Coming up next, Suns wrap up their preseason tonight. But looking ahead to the regular season, what kind of challenges are ahead for the guys in purple? and orange. We'll get into that and more next. Pickley and Murata mornings. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Because all the eight and stuff, which all seems to be warranted, what does it really mean? What does it mean for, like, how different will he be as a player? How different will they be in the aftermath of this drama? I think he checks out at the first opportunity to check out. So you are all in on the soap opera and this being a disastrous season for them. I, I think am. I think it could be soap opera. I do. When you throw in that, on top of it a sun sale? <laughs> you might be right. I don't know, but why not? Rally around the sale. Rally around the transaction. That is Ryan Rossillo. Bill Simmons, Joe House on the uh, BS podcast about the uh, Phoenix Suns taking a look at the season ahead and more than a suggestion there, Bick, that this season could be a soap opera. Um, Look, anything is possible. There are some lingering effects to what happened last year. Mm-hmm. I think there are concerns roster-wise with this team as we're a week away from opening night. Uh, Dallas in town next Wednesday to open up the season. Um, the one thing that I I can say with confidence, Bick, is I, I still think the Suns are a, a playoff team. Yeah. Probably a top half of the Western Conference playoff team. But, um, and and this might mean something to a lot of fans, the win total is going to be way down. Yes, they're not I, getting close no. to high fifties or sixties. No, year. I, I think I think they might struggle to get to fifty if nothing comes to this roster. And uh, because I think when you look at the, the the concerns are right there staring us in the face. You've got campaign still as a backup to a thirty seven year old point guard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know that that isn't exactly ideal. That's been up and down over the last couple of years. We know this basketball team does not have a lot of size. Other than the five position, uh, we know that they don't have a ton of three point shooting. That they're a little too reliant on mid range jumpers, right? Um, and, and then you've got the vibes, this drama, which I again, I, I I don't think it's a gigantic story. I know a lot of Suns fans, for whatever reasons, are just really anxious to stop talking about DeAndre Ayton. Can we can we put this story to bed, please? It's not a story you can put to bed. It's evolving daily. And and so you you wonder how many basketball games this team will win before they get to the trading season and yeah. what that might mean for this team. Yeah, I mean, does that does that number influence the activity? You know, at, at that point when when January fifteenth yeah. rolls around and 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 those trades for contract players who sign new contracts can be made. Mm-hmm. What do they look? Where do they look at their place in the landscape in the Western Conference? Does that necessitate something? We will get there. Yeah. The one thing I disagree with the, the soundbite we played on the way in. Okay, is I don't think the pending sale of the Suns affects things. 
I think I just don't. Okay, I I could see it. I could see it being a negative. I could see it being a positive both at the same time. uh, Yes. Um, I mean, this was a team that won 64 games last year, got to the second round of the playoffs before blowing it. While an investigation was going on, and an organization-wide investigation was going on into workplace culture, yeah, right? And they navigated that pretty well. That's over. That's in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think these players who are, you know, if, if they're truly focused on basketball, and there's no reason to believe that they're not going into a season, why would they care about, you know, speculation if, and, and and who yeah. might be their next no, owner no, until no. it actually happens? No, listen. Well, you know, you know. I mean, I I think that's a very common, relatable workplace scenario. Um, everybody really has had that experience, haven't you? Where where the where your boss has taken a job somewhere else, and it's like everybody in the office obsesses over who is coming in and what is the replacement going to be like and and is are they going to be good to work for are they going to be worse are they going to be are they going to like me uh, i don't think it applies to a basketball team as much as it does to a a workplace office because there are degrees of separation uh, but I, I i think the good is that the less robert sarver or any owner is around a basketball team the better yes and if you're and if you're the kind of guy that makes people uncomfortable which i think robert Sarver's got quite a clear record of that, then maybe his absence helps. Uh, Where it might hurt is he is still the owner of this basketball team until he sells it. So somebody has to make decisions on how much money you're spending. And right now, I did not know this until I read the John Hollinger piece, they're already $17 million above the luxury tax threshold. Which, again, was expected. Expected. You're paying for good players. You still have to get Cam... Johnson, Johnson, you still have to get that contract done, and so I, there, it might be a, a deal where that's all you're getting. Yeah, that's all. That's 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 as much tax as as we're taking on this year, and, and then there's the idea that you know. This team has got all its draft picks, and as John Hollinger correctly pointed out, and this is a good way of looking at it, teams that are all in to win. And teams that are this close to a title and have been this close to a title, you don't have all your draft picks. You're trading them to be all in. To, to to win now. So either the Suns are doing it wrong or they're saving those draft picks for something else. Yeah, that's the question is, um, you know, and, and there's a trade that's going to happen at some point. Jay Crowder will be traded from this team. Yes. We've talked about that in previous days. The Suns are not exactly dealing from a point of strength here. Because everybody in the world knows that Jay Crowder doesn't want to be here. Do they have to throw in draft picks just to get a rotation piece? I think that would be horrible if they had to give up a first-round pick along with Jay Crowder just to get something useful back. Yeah. Another big question is the Chris Paul question. 37 years old. uh, Jarrett joked about it during the playoffs that up until his 37th birthday, we were talking about Chris Paul as the MVP of the playoffs. Because he was. (laughs) Because he was. Through the first two games of the Dallas. The Dallas series, and then after the 37th birthday, things went south. Um, He's not getting any younger. They've changed the way they want to use him while he's on the floor. Here was uh, Ryan Rossillo, Bill Simmons, and Joe House on that subject. There was a quad thing at the end of this year. It was the wrist thing two years ago. It was the COVID stuff that we don't we we know or we don't know at the end of the Dallas series. Well, I think we know. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of excuses, and I, I don't want to sit here and make a million excuses. Well, I guess that. my question but, is, what can you reasonably expect from one of the three oldest players in the league who carried this huge burden, who now teams feel like, here's the recipe when you play these guys, make him work, 
How do we expect eight good months from him, House? What makes the most sense is for him to not play the whole season, like to 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 do like fifty five deliberate games. load management to sit down with the schedule and say, "Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to have you playing in back to backs. We're not going to have you, you know, in these extended road trip ones playing multiple games. Like, be deliberate about it." So then, why don't you get a better? Why don't you get Schroeder? Like, Schreuder why made all the sense in the world? He's basically free. He can play combo. You can and he's play played off with Chris. Him. He's one of the few right. guys who's played with Chris Paul and actually Chris Paul liked them. I think those are legitimate questions. And when I look at Chris Paul, the talk has been, we don't want him to have to work as hard while he's on the floor, bringing the ball up. That really got exploited in the New Orleans series. And then Dallas picked up on it. And Chris Paul trying to initiate the offense. Uh, turned out to be a, very, a, a big and, chore for and, the Suns, and the way Dallas made him run through screens and 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 and, and all those actions they put him through. Yes, but are they to, to the point of don't play the whole season or don't play back to backs? We know what Chris Paul's stance is. It's hardcore. It's old school. Yep. If I'm healthy, I'm playing. Yep. The the Suns right now, from a personnel standpoint, in my opinion, they are not equipped to even make that decision to say, "Chris, we're gonna we're gonna lessen your load a That's, little bit." You're right. I, you know, do you want to rely on on campaign? We got a story on ArizonaSports.com right now that the Empire of the Suns guys put up. They need Cameron Payne to be much better than he was last year, regardless of how they handle Chris Paul. But, they do, but, but and that isn't that. That's quite a gambit, isn't it? Yes, to, to, to be placing that much on that hope. Yes, but Schroeder was available. He ended up back with the Lakers. Kemba Walker's still out there. I know, and Kemba Walker's not the same player he once was. Let's make no mistake about it. He was once a tremendous player at the height of his career in yep. Charlotte. Yep, but he's a guy that can help you. Yo, without a doubt. And I don't know what again. I just don't know what they're waiting on, and 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 when that piece is going to arrive. It, it's part of me just. Either thinks this is really a team that believes there's major moves to be made after January 15th and they're eyeing that or this is a team that's kind of hamstrung right now financially to add anything additional. This is their third shot at a ring. This might be their last best shot with Chris Paul. You've got to try. You've got to maximize this this year. I mean, You, you can't go into this thing. With obvious holes in your roster. The, the reason why I think there's so much concern, too, is when you get a team that's this close, normally the, the pattern in the NBA, and James Jones doesn't follow patterns. We know that about him as a general manager. Mm-hmm. But the pattern in the NBA is we're getting close. We're going to bolster things with a lot of trusted, battle-tested veterans and the Suns have not done that. That's what they did last year. Well, they, well, they tried it last and year. And they got bit in the backside with that Tory Craig, Jalen Smith thing, because Jalen Smith well, could, could offer you a lot this year. I mean, you could t- talk about shoring up that for the position. Pacers, right? Yeah. I know. That was that was a blunder. Because Tory Craig, Craig is good at an, an, an end-of-the-bench kind of role. Giving him rot- heavy rotation minutes, I don't, I don't think that's it. But it, I, they don't think they have a choice. Not, not right now. I agree with you. And a lot of people, I, I've, I've heard a lot of criticisms of how Dario Saric looked in that Euro tournament. I didn't watch a ton. I just thought it was, I thought it was good that he was out there competing again. Oh, it, look, we, we've got enough experience with Dario to know what he is like. I mean, he's up, he's an up and down player. There were times in the, in the finals year, first half of the season, he looked like a six man of the year candidate. And then he went through a stretch where oh, yeah, that's he right. didn't do much right. I mean, that's the kind of player Dario is, but I'd rather have him than not, have, not him. have him. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a lot more Suns talk as we get closer and closer to the NBA season coming up next. No matter how bad your quarterback is, 
We don't think it's ever a good idea for the coach to slander him publicly. We'll get into that and more NFL hash marks next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Pickley and Murata hash marks. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Quarterback. The truth is that this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback. That is Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington Commanders. Um, Asked the question, and, and the way the NFC East is shaping up, the commanders might be out of the race already. Um, but the question posed was, why is there such a separation? He immediately goes to quarterback. Ooh, it's yeah. a, his, his quarterback, Carson Wentz, we know what Carson Wentz is. He's a guy that's going to bounce around. He bounced around first year as a starter. His numbers are okay. He's thrown six interceptions. But Ron Rivera, he's right and he's wrong with that. First of all, to, to answer the question that honestly, without hesitation, and throw your quarterback under the bus this early in the season. how bad it is. It, well, yeah. it's bad, but it's also irresponsible well, as a head yeah, coach. I agree. A real head coach would take some of the blame on himself. That was ridiculous. As but he's one also thing Cliff wrong. Kingsbury does well. It's a quarterback-driven league. Okay, we know this. But look at the division. You're telling me Daniel Jones is elite? You're telling me Cooper Rush is elite? There's deficiencies everywhere with the Washington Commanders. And I'm not a Carson Wentz fan. In fact, I think he sucks. <laughs> but that's not fair to throw him under the bus. Sucks. Sucks. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, only reason place. I'm here, I might buy Bushwood. Buy, buy. Bushwood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. It always, yeah, no, I always no, like listen, it. Carson Wentz, he, he can have those quarters or those games when he catches fire and he looks like an, a franchise quarterback. And, and, but that's not who he is. He, he's just not. And the Colts learned the hard way. Uh, the head coach in Indianapolis, I, they can't refrain themselves from speaking negatively when the subject is Carson Wentz for whatever reason. Oh, they're getting I, a lot from Matt Ryan, by the way. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so so to me, I, I think that you're right. Ron Rivera should have known better because now he's got to walk that back. And he and, did. And he did. And now you've got to have that conversation with your quarterback. And he did. And But but again, I mean, he was right. That's, that is a fatal flaw in that program. And it's it's... You see this so many times with NFL head coaches. Look at Matt Rule. Look at Matt Rule's legacy as an NFL head coach. It's terrible because he never got the quarterback thing right, ever. And these guys, they when they shuffle from bad quarterback to bad quarterback to bad quarterback, and the newness of the next bad quarterback gives them hope, mm-hmm. but it's ultimately going to just ruin them, that's what Carson Wentz is. That's what goes on in about yeah. a quarter of the cities in the NFL it, it every is. year. And it might be happening here. We hope it's not, but it might be happening here. It's different because, you know, of Kyler Murray's draft status, because right. of his profile, yeah. all and of that. Because he's been good for a long period of, periods of time in the past. Yes. But uh, as we and we'll get more into this uh, as well, but it's time to stop being good. It's time to start being great. Oh, yeah. Does he have what he needs to be great? Oh, well, that's that's a big question because I think on that pecking order of quarterbacks, he's been passed by Jalen Hurts this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Well, this year, this year he's he's in the you know Kirk Cousins just good but not great. I I I don't know if I don't know if he's in that category yet. I th- I'm not I've, saying that he 
he's not better. He's better than Kirk Cousins, right. but this year he hasn't done. Uh, Kyler Murray hasn't had any spectacular games. Well, he had a spectacular a ending stretch. in Vegas. Yeah. He, he, his, his fourth those, quarter in the, Vegas. The, was, the, no, I know, but I'm just saying the the optics of that miracle ending in Vegas was a powerful thing. The optics for sure. Yeah, the optics were a powerful thing for him. Mm-hmm. And but but there's been a lot of nothing since then, and it's yeah right, and that's that's got to stop. It's it's really it's it's beyond alarming. How bad this football is, team has been to start games? But the, beyond alarming. The the Carson Wentz thing though, it's like what do these these teams expect? And we're seeing the same thing with Indianapolis. And after they had Carson Wentz last year and Matt Ryan this year, it's like if you you keep just shuffling, you know, uh, Pittsburgh with uh, Trubisky, it's like you're shuffling around these mediocre quarterbacks, yeah. and you're expecting Bird, the one that's going to unlock them, Baker Mayfield in Carolina, because every now and then a Geno Smith happens. And every now and then, uh, or Ryan Tannehill and, with Tennessee. And, and every now and again, it happens. And you know, you know, football coaches—they, they—you may not know this, but they tend to think highly of themselves, and and <laughs> and they and they think that I'm the guy. I, I can I, fix him. I can fix this guy. I got it. I got this. My old man's got an ultimate set of tools. I can fix right. it. Right. Uh, just to be fair, this was Ron Rivera's apology to Carson Wentz. At the end of the day, I, I spoke to my team this morning. You know, we, we I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability, told the guys that, uh, you know, I should know better, and uh, I had a bad day. Me, of all people, should know better, to be honest. I mean, I've been doing this quite some time, and for me not to, to, to finish my thought completely, um, I messed up. And so I just told the guys, that's this on me, and it won't happen. And did that all without mentioning Carson Wentz. Um, but no. he's, he's right. Mm-hmm. He took accountability for it. Uh, they're on a four-game losing streak, the Commanders. But tomorrow night, we get mm-hmm. to see them in all their glory. Depressing. Prime video. Depressing. Commanders. Bears. You think the I've commanders- never envied you know old people more who can't figure out how to use the app. <laughs> Go ahead, play the clip. No, I'm, no, 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 no. I, I, was, yeah. I wasn't even. No, I wasn't even thinking of that. It's it's funny. My that I, I don't know if I already mentioned this. My dad lives in like a sort of retirement apartment complex, and he was saying how just Del like Boca Vista, the buzz. It's like that. It's like that kind of a place, <laughs> and the buzz on everybody on Friday morning is like. How the hell did you watch that game last night? <laughs> did anybody know how to watch that game? Where was the game? I couldn't find the game. <laughs> That's excellent. That's just excellent. It, it's it's different. I yeah. gotta be honest. No, on I know Thursday it is. nights when I flip that on, on on my TV, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I just it's inconvenient. It's yeah. such a commitment. It is. Yeah. Like, I can't flip on the commercials right. now. Right. Like, right. Oh, yeah, you can, but then you're committing to like Exit. more. Exiting and then yeah. Exiting. more maneuvering. Right. Yeah. More maneuvering. Yeah. Well, we don't have all night. And I've right. also noticed, too, like if you close out the app to do the flipping and then you go back to the app, that it, it basically picks up right where you left off. So then you're behind and then the fast forwarding. Uh, yeah. How, <laughs> how the hell do you find the game? <laughs> Jeffy Bezos, we know you listen to the show. Can you fix that, please? <laughs> <laughs> Great listener, Jeff Bezos. He's That's busy. Right. He's negotiating right. to buy an NBA team. Oh. oh. <laughs> and yeah. NBA team? Uh, Arizona goes primetime next week as the Phoenix Suns tip off the NBA season against the Dallas Mavericks the next night. Cardinals take on the New Orleans Saints for Thursday night football. We are giving you the chance to experience both in person. Just text primetime to 620-620 and then listen for your name starting next Monday morning for your chance to win two tickets to both games. 
One lucky winner is going to win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Cool prize. How do you get involved? Text PRIMETIME to 620-620. Coming up next, my man Bix hearing some reviews of the fan experience for Cardinals fans Sunday in their home stadium. And it's not good. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. When they say it's being distributed on Amazon, mm-hmm. what does that mean?